found on the front of your bulletin, Matthew 2, verses uh, 1 to 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east, came to Jerusalem asking, Where's the child who's been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. <clears throat> when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Anybody here ever been on a journey? Taking a trip? Hey, it was a great way for Audrey to start, so I figured I would too. And now we're hearing a story about a journey. Anybody here made journeys of faith? Some of them wonderful and some of them really hard. Life-changing, either way. And we're here to hear about a journey. May we hear well. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the story of this journey that relates to our lives in so many ways. You know our needs this day. And you are our needs answering God. Give us ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts and feet ready, eager to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you heard it said? Have you said it yourself? Finally, Christmas is over. Things can get back to Normal. Really? Do we really want things to go back to normal? Poverty? Unemployment? Inflation? Rising interest rates? You know it's coming. Sickness? War? Famine? Hunger? Well, bah humbug and Happy New Year to you too. But as I read the story of the visit of the wise men, 
I had an epiphany. Some of y'all saw what I did there. Come on, y'all need to have an epiphany of your own. That's why we're here today. I really did. As I read this story, I saw something in it that made me wonder why I had not seen it before. The story of the wise men tells of great treasures given to Jesus. And one of the greatest epiphanies we Christians can have comes when we realize how many treasures God brings into our lives. Treasures so great that we never have to go back to normal again. Because normal is not that great. Just look at all God does to make this journey happen. It's remarkable. He finds magi from a faraway land who take the signs and stars so seriously that they would leave their homes behind for a possibly and probably years-long journey. When they find Jesus, they do not hesitate to bow down and worship Jesus. Hear this. Really hear it. We hear it so often, at least once a year, and maybe we take it for granted, but this is really strange stuff. Men of the Zoroastrian faith, do you hear how strange this is already? Men, probably of the Zoroastrian faith, bowing at the feet of an infant Jewish messiah. Men of royalty kneeling beside a carpenter's son in a stable or in a carpenter shop or wherever, Audrey, did you find out where they were? In a home, because they couldn't stay in that cave for two years. I like it when we look at stories like that and listen to the scripture and ask questions of scripture. We need to do that, to learn, to allow God to act in our lives. But they were kneeling to a carpenter's son. What king does that? Men who would have been on the Forbes list of the world's richest people, bending their knees to a family who wasn't wealthy at all to a child essentially born in poverty. What else does God do? God sends an angel to warn them of Herod's evil intent. And these men put loyalty over royalty. Royals didn't behave that way. 
but they put loyalty over royalty. And they slip away, now fugitives from Herod themselves. Royalty didn't do that. You know, I'm getting ready to go off for two weeks. And I'll probably take two suitcases and maybe a bag or two. Imagine going on a journey. You're going to have to have camels and caravan, maybe. How much would you take for a journey of few years? And that journey starts off, where are you going? What are you going to do? I'm going to follow a star. Well, how long are you going to be gone? I don't know. What are you going to do when you get there? We'll know when we get there. Do you hear how weird this story is? And angels to Mary, to Joseph, appearing in dreams. Now to the wise men, the magi. Do we take that as normal? How many angels have you had pop up in your life? Now you're celebrating the resurrection and grieving at the same time of a 96-year-old woman. How many angels did she have pop in her life? in 96 years. But we hear this story, and it's almost like, oh, it's such a good story. No, it's a weird story. It's a supernatural story. It's a God story. And think about the timing of these angels showing up. God sends an angel to warn them of Herod's evil intent, and they do what they're doing. They slip away and go home another way. And God sends yet another angel to Joseph. Now get this. His wife has just given birth to a son, or it's two years later. And that conception, again, we say, oh, how nice. God's the Father. That's weird. That doesn't happen. And yet it did. That's God stuff. That's stuff only God could make happen. An angel was required to get Joseph to accept both mother and baby. And Joseph, who experienced a surprise visit from wise men, an entourage of intimidatingly rich and powerful noblemen, who had actually bowed down and worshipped his tiny, wrinkly, newborn son, or two-year-old, and who gave Jesus three, I mean, who gave from their own hand, their own coffers, 
Jesus, three of the most valuable things a person could possess in that day. Yes, they all symbolize death in some way. Another sermon for another time. And with all of that spinning in his head, here comes yet another angel. If I were Joseph at this point, I'd be going, oh great, what's next? And this is no peace on earth, goodwill to all angel. This angel's message is vastly different. Run, Joseph, run for your life. And they had just received three very valuable gifts that were also easy to carry with medicinal qualities that would benefit a new mother and baby and keep them fed and sheltered for years to come. Matthew's infancy story ends with one more angel telling Joseph to return home, fulfilling the prophecy of Hosea that out of Egypt I called my son. You see, God knew what the Holy Family would face, and God prepared for that time. God provided very specific directions. God did not just say, run for your life. God said, run to Egypt. Return to Nazareth. And the gifts God provided... God gave the very best again. Didn't hold back a single thing. God knew what the Holy Family would face and prepared them for it. I had no idea I would be a pastor. In fact, I fought long and hard. Who wants this job? Looking back, I am certain that God spent years preparing me for it. God didn't just come pat me on the head and say, Zam! And I all of a sudden said, yes, Lord, I'll be your pastor. It was a tremendous journey. And God prepared me every step of the way. Looking back, boy, this story is all about great treasures, but that treasure is not gold, frankincense, or myrrh. The great treasure of this story is the revelation that all our days are known to God. And God is active in each and every single one of them. What an epiphany when we realize just how far God will go to care for us, acting in our lives even when we are completely unaware that God is there.
I grew up moving all over, and it seemed to me all the time. Sound familiar? Always the stranger, the newcomer, prepared for itinerant ministry long before I even knew what ministry was, and certainly long before I knew how to spell it. I don't do it, but I'm qualified to park in one of your visitor parking places out here. I hope to make it a long visit. But that just doesn't change the fact that I'm on a journey that takes me from hither to yon. And I've been doing it my whole life. How could that be? There were so many strangers who popped in and out of my life, like angels did in Joseph's life. Strangers whose words and, exa and examples set an example for me, for what I would preach and live decades later. Joseph faced so much. A strange conception, to say the least. Rich, powerful visitors. Angels appearing and disappearing. One minute praising and the next minute warning. Riches enough for his journey and exile. And God so very active in every single day of his life. Have you ever been through stuff? Are you going through stuff now? May the full grace of this story be a gift, your gift. When you see just how far God is willing to go to care for you. Amen.